you want to start? We're recording. Oh, great. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. We're back. Hello. I'm here, too. We have a lot to talk about today, and then we're going to talk about the old guard, which I'm very excited to talk about. Same. <laughs> I guess let's just jump right into it. Oh, well, I guess, no. First, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing swell. I'm in a crop top and living my life. <laughs> Glad to hear it. I'll share with the listeners something I just shared with you. Before we did this, I ordered a burrito online, and it was supposed to just be a burrito, but it's a burrito and french fries. I I can see it being a burrito and like chips and guac or like a burrito and yeah. like I don't I don't know what else I don't know other like beans or something. I don't know why you would want more beans, but uh, I I fries is just never my go-to with burritos. Me neither, but honestly, I said the fries were bad when we were first discussing it, but they're actually not that bad. Okay, so getting into it, something small that we can just, like, talk about really quickly is that Love, Victor got renewed. Yeah. (laughs) Listeners know that as I said that, Jay took a huge bite of their their burrito. (laughs) Yes, I'm very Um, excited about Love, Victor. (laughs) What I'm excited about in it is that the the writers said, I, for one, feel that the longevity of the show that Hulu will allow us to tell more adult stories. We'll be able to grow up and have nuanced stories that will not just include first crushes, but also first sexual experiences. <gasps> and that the writers are eager to push the envelope with the characters' sexualities in season two. Wow. So hyped for season two of Love, Victor. Already. Yeah, what will happen? I don't know. I'm I'm starting to think that maybe they'll take like a little bit of the plot of Leon the Offbeat and like throw it in there. Or maybe they'll put in new characters. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, any any of the characters could be bisexual. I can't wait for Victor to be like, dear Simon, how do I fuck? <laughs> Dear Simon, what's a bottom, and am I one? <laughs> I honestly can't wait to tune into that episode. <laughs> I would love some information. We can get into another big thing that happened this week, which is that the Matrix is apparently about being trans. Which I'm, I'm very interested to discover. Have you ever seen the Matrix? I have not. Me neither. And... <laughs> I don't think I said this on mic, but I, when quarantine started, was like, I want to tackle a whole bunch of trilogies. So I watched the director's cuts of Lord of the Rings, and my intention was to then do, I wanted to do The Godfather at some point, but, but I, I, I deleted those. I was just like, oh, I haven't seen them yet. And my intention was to eventually get to the Matrix movies, because a couple of them are on Netflix. But then quarantine got away from me and now here I am and now this article has like made me want to watch the matrix again again it's made me want to watch it again the thing is I did not read the article (laughs) I just saw the headline (laughs) well I know that it it, uh it was created or like written by that team yeah the two trans women yeah so like this doesn't surprise me at all yeah I think people have been saying this yeah, I think it's just now maybe, like, straight Hollywood is like, what? The, I think the women who made it confirmed it and were like, it's about being trans. And now people are 
people who are trans and love it are like, yeah, we know. And people who aren't trans are like, huh? I am excited to watch The Matrix for the first time with like this on my mind. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking back on it and being like, oh, yeah, I guess I can see it. But like going into it being like, okay, trans metaphor, I'm ready. I think it starts with being like, take this pill to change your life or something. Yeah, all I know about it is that it's like about that guy who's like maybe Keanu Reeves. Uh And he's like really upset about his life. It's maybe a little fight clubby in the beginning where he's just like sad and like lonely and then like these mysterious people show up and they're like join the internet or or die or something and then he's like i'll join the internet and then he becomes maybe code i don't know okay i didn't know any of that (laughs) makes me not want to watch it i don't want to i don't want to watch a movie where someone enters the internet i think that's what it like that's the matrix like those like running numbers and stuff like i think they like enter code and they're, like, battling, like, I, like ideas of the computer. I don't... This is coming from somebody who has never seen the movies. So if you're listening to this right now being like, Robert, shut the fuck up. Like, I, I'm sorry. All I know is that there's a red pill and a blue pill. And then later someone shoots a gun and it's in slow motion. Okay, so I went to IMDb and the one sentence, like, bio of what the movie is gives us no help. It says, a computer hacker learns from mysterious rebels about the true nature of his reality and the war in the war against its controllers. That means nothing. <laughs> How is that being <laughs> trans? Maybe we should have that as one of our, like, watch for the week things. True, true, true. So maybe, maybe, okay, so maybe we'll do this. We'll circle back. Yeah, we'll circle back to the Matrix. And add it to our watch list. Yeah, because we already know what we're watching uh, for the uh, next couple weeks. But if we run out of stuff, we'll say time for the Matrix. Yeah, and you know what? There are three Matrix movies, so. So we've got three weeks of content. And Jay, the first one is two hours and sixteen minutes. Your favorite Jesus link. Christ. <laughs> Absolutely um, not. But it seemed they had like some great casts. So I, I, I'm excited. I guess an, uh, another like quick thing that happened recently that I'm excited to watch is on Disney Plus. There's now a documentary about Howard Ashman. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. And apparently they like talk about all, all the things that Disney has not talked about. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious as to what extent. Uh, especially since it's it, it's a documentary, I'm curious as to if it, I'm I'm sure it's more music based, but I don't know if it's more of like a oh like look at all the lovely music that he created or like here's a documentary about this person. I don't know how serious Disney Plus is like original documentaries will get. Yeah, is it a Disney Plus original or is it like bought by Disney Plus? It's uh, a Disney Plus original. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there. I mean, all my gay friends are freaking out about it, so I assume that they do bring it up in in like a heavier light. But can't wait. I'm excited. I love me some gay documentaries. Yeah. Hashtag a secret love. And if you've seen it and you're listening to it, let me know how it is and if I should like watch it like now or if I can wait. Really quickly about the Emmys. Also, we posted about this on social media and there's been a lot of posts on social media about it but 
basically all of the trans talent involved with Pose was snubbed. Um, and then again, again, yeah, for like, what is this, the second time? Yeah, it's the, there have only mm-hmm. been two seasons, so it's the second time. Um, <laughs> what is this? And Billy Porter, who is obviously cis, was the only person nominated for Pose. And we obviously have a lot of feelings about that. Most of them negative. But if you want to hear more about that, tune into our Patreon this month. We're going to be talking about the Emmys with Pose and our feelings on it. But if you, and you know, if you want our feelings on the performances from season two, you can always go listen to Posecast available wherever you can listen to podcasts. But like, obviously we're super upset and we have lots of feels about it. Great. Next Lifetime is making a gay Christmas movie, right? Is that what the headline is? Yes, thank fucking God. <laughs> Which <laughs> I, I, so first of all, thank you to Jay's mom for telling us about this, right? Yes. Because uh, listeners, you may know this, but Jay's mom and I have a deep love of shitty Christmas movies. <laughs> yes. And it, when we found out about this, I remember that you didn't know that Lifetime had Christmas movies. That's correct. I thought they were just, like, movies about women in danger. I, I do have to tell you that Lifetime Christmas movies are different than Hallmark Christmas movies. In that they have a, they typically, and if you're a, a, a Lifetime producer right now listening to this, like, I'm so sorry. But they typically have, like, a less, like, a lesser production value. I see. Um, Like, it's the kind of stuff where, like, they're inside and you can tell that the windows are all CG and it's like fake snowing outside. Like it's just, they're, they can be hard to watch. Sure. Okay. Where like, I, at least I feel like the Hallmark ones are like lovely and wonderful and stupid. I've watched Hallmark Christmas movies because my mom is my mom. (laughs) And I think Hallmark Christmas movies are like, they're not bad. Yeah. They're they're, They're wacky. Yeah. But I'm super excited about it. It's called The Christmas Setup. And here's the thing that I'm most excited about for it. Like, number one, is that all parties involved are out of the closet. Yes, I'm so excited about that. Absolutely. It's not what I was expecting. I was like, oh, we're going to go into this. We're going to have three years of coming out movies before we get to, like, the real shit. I'm like, oh, no, this is what I want. So it will center around Gay New Yorker. Me. Congratulations. Named Hugo. <laughs> um, a gay New Yorker lawyer named Hugo who travels to Wisconsin to spend the holiday with friends. Always a bad decision in Christmas movies. You will get stuck there. There, the mother of one of the friends <laughs> decides to set Hugo up with Patrick, a Silicon Valley upstart who also happens to be Hugo's high school crush. Sparks fly between the two of them until Hugo is offered a job in London and must decide on his life priorities. Wow, I wonder what she's going to pick. Well, my I, I love that that is the plot of so many other Christmas movies. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And while that is kind of annoying in the Christmas movie sense, I love that they were like, this plot that exists with all of these other fictional hetero couples can exist, with these two gay guys. Uh-huh. Um, which I know is, like, really digging into it, but, like, I like that. Yeah, I think it's cool that, like, I know there's an argument to be made that, like, it's assimilation 
but mm-hmm. I do think it's cool to be to have. <clears throat> I don't know what I'm saying. It's cool. It's just cool. I think. No, I know what you mean. That like uh, the only way that gay guys can be in Christmas movies is if they take on the plots of like hetero people. Like, like I definitely get that. You're and you're right. I think the thing that makes this different is at least for me, is that I, like, acknowledge that, but I'm, like, ready for this. Does that make sense? Um, I'm, like, this is actually, this is, this is, like, what I, I guess, like, I guess I'm biased because this is the media that I like to consume. It's, like, in a broader sense, it's not great, but in a personal sense, it's, like, hell yeah. Yes, that's exactly it. And on another note with it, the guys are, like, very cute in the movie but I like that they're not and if you're one of the guys listening to this I'm so sorry but they're not drippingly gorgeous like drippingly gorgeous ew like like I feel like Hallmark and Lifetime movies that have like a romantic lead which I mean most of them do they're all like chiseled features pretty muscular like very generic looking and the guys in this movie look like two gay guys which I guess is sad because I do love seeing hot gay guys in sweaters but like these guys are still pretty good looking I'm excited (laughs) I can't wait for your review I'm gonna have so we're gonna we're gonna have so many gay Christmas movies to talk about this year that's true because um what's it called is doing them too Hallmark yeah, and the Kristen Stewart movie. <gasps> You're right. Happiest season. <laughs> oh my if, god. If it comes out this year, I guess. Because I, I if they held it for a year, I wouldn't be mad. I would. I need to I see would just it now. Love to see it in, I would just love to see it in theaters. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, so would I, but I would love to see it more than I would love to see it in theaters. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> We're going to have to block out a whole, like, month of episodes just for that movie. (laughs) Okay, so the next thing we have to talk about is Ellen. Yes. Ellen, watch 2020 continues. And I guess this was last week. She wrote a letter to everybody? Yeah. Which, like, good for her for writing the letter. But it doesn't count if you then immediately leak it to the press. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you can't be like, I'm committed to being a better person. And then, like, break the fourth wall and be like, see media? I'm doing it. Absolutely. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Like, I maybe, maybe, maybe one of the employees who got it leaked it. But there's, like, a 98.7% chance that it was someone on her side or her herself being like, Ellen wrote a letter to all of her employees and she's committed to change and like look how great she is with this exclusive letter that I'm leaking not because she told me to I mean I even see it more pessimistically because I I feel like we watch all of these movies that tell us how celebrities act beyond behind closed doors and so I'm even thinking that it was her publicist coming in being like here's the letter that I wrote you that you're going to send out to your oh, like yeah. employees. And it's already been sent to BuzzFeed and the New York times and all of these other places. And I have my friend 
who's gonna like tweet about it like tomorrow morning or something like I can see Ellen having almost nothing to do with this because she like is a brand so I'm I'm sure that her not having a job anymore would cause so many people to lose their jobs so I'm sure that like everybody is like really fighting to like cover this up right now but that's me like thinking very pessimistically no I think you're right I mean I do too (laughs) (laughs) especially because this is literally a judgment of her character like we're not talking about like money she spent or like a bowl that she bought like nothing physical it's like you're fighting like we're literally just judging her character right now so like she doesn't have a good track record so like I shouldn't think the best of the situation yeah and then and then there are all the celebrities being like I stand with Ellen she's only ever been nice to me and it's so transparently like her publicist was like here Robert De Niro or whoever I don't even know who's standing up for her but like here you tweet this and we'll pay you like a million dollars, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say that about anybody. I mean, take Leah Michelle, for example. Jonathan Groff, I'm sure she was very nice to. That doesn't mean that she wasn't awful to everybody mm-hmm. else that she worked with. And like, sure, if, uh, if uh, what's her name? If Dakota Johnson is going to come on, I mean, Dakota Johnson's a bad example. If Jennifer Aniston is going to come on, and then be like, yeah, Ellen's awful. It's like, yeah, she's not going to be mean to you, Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. She's going to be mean to Tilly, who works at the computer in the hallway that she walks down all the time. I love Tilly. I don't know her, but I love her. <laughs> so I guess verdict is still out on what's going to happen with Ellen. But the last I heard is that she was just kind of done with the whole situation. Mm-mm. The last I heard, sorry everyone, I'm chewing my burrito. The last I heard was after she was like done with everything, that she basically was like, no, fuck it, I'm gonna keep doing the show. Wow. You know, I d- okay. We have been talking about how much we hate Ellen for a long time, but I guess I do have to play a little bit of devil's advocate in being like, you know, she has been called out, so I guess she does deserve the chance to correct all of her wrongdoings. However, she has to remember that she's only doing it because she got called out. And if she's just going to, if I don't want her to turn the TV back on and be like, hey, it's Ellen. Welcome to another season. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, this is like, to me, this is still like a major blow to her image. Yes. <clears throat> However, I think I said this on another episode, but I feel like there are so many people who watch Ellen and aren't like online. Mm hmm. That there are probably people who haven't even heard about this. And I can see her starting her next season with, like, her monologue being like, there have been some rumors about me and I am heartbroken. And, like, blah, 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 blah. I am so devastated. And if I've ever made anyone feel bad, I apologize. Blah, 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 blah. And people being like, oh, Ellen was mean? That's crazy i'll never think about it again how much do you want to bet that if if and when she comes back the show is like funnier than it's ever been i bet kevin hart is her first guest and i bet that it's like slam packed with like crazy stuff oh yeah like major giveaways yeah she'll ramp up the giveaways she'll ramp up the look how good a person i am stuff 
she'll ramp yeah. up the like, let me bring on this cute kid. And the uh, look at my monkeys, even though that is a great thing. And I do love that. And it was Portia's idea. Yeah, not Ellen's. We know. We know. We know it was Portia. <laughs> also, thank you to all of the listeners out there who have been messaging us about how awful Ellen is and how you heard it here first. Because you know what? You're right. You did we hear it this here first. <laughs> We've been um, covering this story since 2017. That's a lot of time. I think we deserve a lot more credit than we get in the media. We absolutely do. We always do. I guess that's it for me for this week. It was kind of like a slow, a slow little bit of time here. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to talk about except the old guard. Which I'm so ready to talk about. Okay, okay. Let's like mentally shift gears. Okay, shift it. Okay, the old guard on Netflix. <laughs> okay, that was weird, but okay. It's just such an intense, like, violent movie that I'm like, oh, I'm not ready. But now I'm ready. I'm in it. The Old Guard, directed by Gina Prince by the Wood, who did The Secret Life of Bees and Love and Basketball and Beyond the uh, Light. Yeah, like, I, I, I did, I have not heard of her before. However, I have seen her stuff before, unknowingly. So, Jay, what did you think? I just. It was too much for me. It was too too much of like shooting and fighting and like actiony and like the military industrial complex and like just too too much stuff happening. I prefer like quieter movies. However, I will say that I'm obsessed with the gay couple in it. Me too, and I. I guess I want to get into this later, but I was like, oh, okay, cool. There are only two gay characters. And then was like, oh, um, I think everybody is just sexually fluid. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was going to say, I guess that has to do with like the fact that they've been alive for so long that they've like mentally evolved past gender. All the stuff with Charlize Theron and um, Quinn, I think was her name, the woman who drowned. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, this is some atomic blonde shit. Yes. By the way, this movie made me want to watch Atomic Blonde again. And everyone, if you have not seen Atomic Blonde, highly recommended. It is a great movie. I watched it again the other night. So good. And there is some amazing lesbian stuff in it. Did you watch the whole movie? Yeah. Wow. I'm impressed. Thank you. I, I, I mean, I had my phone with me. I, I, Charlie's is really hot in that movie. I, I mean, I remember watching that movie with you and being like, this is definitely a lot better than what I had expected this to be. Yes. I wish I could say the same for the old guard. I still liked it, but I found that I was always playing catch up. Like, I felt like I was watching a sequel to a movie that I missed. Yeah. I think it relied and, too heavily on you being a fan of the comic book. Yeah, like they, I do think that they spelled everything out very easy and, uh, and uh, I guess they didn't do anything wrong, but they just kind of were like, you have to accept XYZ really quickly or we're not going to get anywhere. But we're also going to talk about it for the first hour and a, and, a, and a half of the movie. Yeah. And I, I personally wanted a little bit more of the the like overarching time of their journeys 
like at the end of the movie when they're kind of like, oh, like these people have been here the whole time and here are the things that they did, that they did and all of this stuff. I was like, Definitely. that's interesting to me. That's the movie. Like I would me. love to see them throughout time. Absolutely. I do love this and I love the characters and like I was in, I was into it, but I think that with all of that backstory already inside of me, I would have loved it a lot more. Yeah, I think if there had been one movie that was like, or even like a montage at the beginning that was like, here's what they're like throughout time. And like, here's the history of these people. Then I would have been like, yes, great. And then as soon as the movie started, I would have been like, okay, this I'm on board for. And I feel like that would have made the ending more powerful even if it was like, if the if the beginning of the movie had been like the year 12 and there's Charlize there and like fighting, whatever. And then it's like the year 400 and then it's like Charlize there and the, and the other girl. And then it's like the year whatever. And it and it's just like flips through them and like how they came to be. And then at the end, they were like, and all this time you were helping people. And then it would be like, whoa, that mont And it like re-showed the montage and was like remember when at the beginning of the movie you saw Charlize Theron kill this person? Well, that was Hitler, you know? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I 100% agree. I also want to compare it to two different things. One being Watchmen, the movie and the comic book, because this, the, the Old Guard is based on a graphic novel series. And while Watchmen is only one, in Watchmen is kind of the, in the same boat where the, the the current plot of the movie exists after the story a little bit in the same way as this. But what they do in the movie is the movie has a like five minute overture where they do a montage of the whole backstory. So by the time the movie starts, you're like, okay, I'm like, I, I think I get it. And I, I think this movie definitely needed that. <laughs> yes, agreed. I thought it was kind of weird that we had to like, wait to find out that they were immortal until 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah, and I didn't understand how immortal they were until halfway through. Yeah. Also, I just gotta say it. The 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 plot of Quinn is so scary to me. Yes, it's my worst nightmare. I When they said it, I was like, that might be the worst thing I've ever heard. And then when they showed it, I was like, yeah, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Exactly. Absolutely. I honestly can't even think about it. I And then when they, I kept asking myself throughout the movie, I was like, why didn't she ever go find her? And I was like, well, it's been 500 years. She has no idea where that, where like her like iron thing is. I'm very curious to see how she got out of it. And so I need a sequel. Yeah. When she showed up at the end, I was like, I've never seen a better setup for a sequel than like that. Absolutely. And it made me Google the comic book to see if I could find out how she got out, but I couldn't without reading it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very, I'm curious. I'm curious if she's going to be the, the villain, like the, she's going to like seek revenge on revenge on Charlize. I don't know. I, I thought the world building was kind of cool. Like, the idea that, like, they banished him for a hundred years from, like, their little group is, like, cool to me. (laughs) Okay. Like, I was like, oh, that's, that's, like, a fun punishment. (laughs) I was like, oh, are they just gonna, like, bear, are there, I was like, are they gonna, like, bury him or something? Like, are are they gonna, like, like, take his head off? I, like, I don't know. 
Um, and I liked that their like goodbye like exchange at the end of the movie was very sweet because he like understood why it was happening to him. But even him, when they show when he does the little monologue about like you're gonna want to tell your family, but here's what's gonna happen when you tell your family or like your family and friends or whatever, and they show him in the hospital with another guy at some point in time. I was like, are you gay? Like, is it, like are we all son. just, oh, it was his son? Oh, yeah, I missed that. Yeah, talking about his son. Oh, I was like, that's your boyfriend. He was like, my wife and son. Oh, uh, what did they die of? Do we know? The son, the son died of cancer. Oh, well, my story's better. <laughs> <laughs> Where they all just have past gay lovers. But speaking of like mini monologues, the model, the like line between the two gay guys when they get captured. Yeah, which I had already, I like read a Vulture article that was like, the old guard is gay. And I was like, tell me more. And so I read it and it had the transcription of that monologue. And I was like, this is really moving. But then actually watching it, I literally was crying. I got a little choked up when he was saying it, but my mind could not get off the fact that it was happening because I, up until that moment was like, oh, this is a, a lot more of a like, like shooting action movie than I expected. Like this isn't a movie that I would have just picked up to watch and then my brain started going thinking about all the straight guys out there that are watching it and then seeing this like incredibly romantic moment between these two men uh like happen inside of like their quote-unquote movie and I was like this is this is cool and I started thinking about like my dad like my dad strolling upon Netflix and finding it and seeing it and then seeing that moment I don't know yeah no (laughs) my favorite thing is my yeah. favorite thing is to look way too far into things. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is cool. I mean, I I read a little bit about it, and that's, like, a big part of the book. Is there a romance? Or the book series? I don't know if it's one or multiple books. They were like, that's such a big part of the book that we wanted to really make it a big part of the movie. And so, on one hand, I sort of feel like if you're watching the movie, you're probably already... You're either probably already a fan of the book, so you know that that's coming... Or you're, like, watching it for the gay plotline. But I hadn't really thought about the fact that, like, it's also being marketed not just to people who are fans of the book. Was it supposed to come out in theaters? Or was it always on Netflix? I It was always on Netflix. But in watching it, I was like, there's no way this was made for Netflix. Yeah. It looked like they put so much money into it. Not that Netflix doesn't have money. But I was like, it just felt like a movie that had already been in theaters. Yeah. But I'm hoping that because it's on Netflix, that maybe then we'll get more from it. Yeah, Netflix loves a sequel. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, there could already be a sequel. <laughs> Netflix is a huge fan of, like, already having the second one, like, Yeah, we're and filming them all at once. <laughs> also, another important thing to mention about the old guard is that the post-production team was 85% women. Oh, that's cool. Charlize was probably thrilled. When, which, uh, when I originally read that, I had read it as that, like, 85% of the production was women. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But I feel like we very rarely hear about, like, that large of a percent of women working in post-production. Agreed. 
like in my very limited like Hollywood knowledge, I feel like that's probably like a very male dominated industry, I guess. Yeah, I don't know anything about it, but I would say it's probably male dominated. Speaking as somebody who's who's a best friend from high school is a woman and works in post production. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, that's like cool. And apparently it's historic because it uh quote doesn't happen or very rarely happens on any film, especially an action movie. Yeah, that makes sense. And there was probably a lot of CGI in that movie because they are always getting injured and then the injury goes away. Speaking of, the visual effects supervisor won the Oscar for Ex Machina. Oh, great movie. Which, like, now when I think about it, makes total sense. Because I feel like that movie is, like, not saying that that person is only good at one thing, but, like, that movie is, like, all body visual effects. Yeah. The, the visual effects in, in this movie were um, almost too good. Yeah, it was a little, again, it was just a little much for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will, I do, uh, I guess I should apologize to anybody who was taken aback when they watched it as to how violent it was. Including me. You should apologize but to me. You picked it. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch it. And then when we were talking about what movie we should watch, you were like, oh, the old guard. I was like, okay. <laughs> but um, I wasn't expecting um, a person's throat to get slit five minutes into the that movie. That was shocking to me. I've have, I have never reacted to something the way I reacted to that. 100% same. We are the same person. I sat on the couch with my mouth open. I did not see it coming. Me neither. <laughs> I, was I so- fully screamed. Yeah, it was so, like, into the camera that I was like, oh, but then I was, like, set as to what to expect for the next yeah. two hours. I guess it was a nice pass of time, and if there is a sequel, I will watch it. If there's a sequel, I'll probably read about it. That sounds about right. So I guess we should spend the rest of our time talking about what we're doing for next week. So there's this show, which actually I realized many months even years ago, we did an episode that was an asexuality roundtable, which is our episode that sounds the worst because we were in a giant auditorium. And in it, one of our guests, like for some, it was some, I can't remember what the opening question was, but we asked the opening question and one of our guests was like, oh yeah, it's Gerard Way. And he has this book series called the umbrella academy that's coming to netflix and we were like okay cut to now the umbrella academy is on netflix (laughs) wow i us breaking news again (laughs) and thus for only that reason just kidding we are going to be watching the umbrella academy for next week and So, as you may know, listeners, there are two seasons of The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. The second season just came out, and we have, like, a couple of options of what you can do. So, Ellen Page's plotline is what we're going to be talking about. We're not going to spoil anything because you haven't watched it yet. But we're going to be talking about, specifically, Ellen Page's plotline in season two. And whether you want to watch all of season one and all of season two because you have a lot of time... If you want to just watch, if you just want to skip through and watch Ellen Page's scenes in season two, it's really up to you. Just know that we're going to be talking about specifically those scenes so you don't have to watch like 
everything. If you're feeling, if you're like, oh my god, that's such a daunting task, you don't have to watch all, like, however many episodes there are. Well, with that, I will say each season is only 10 episodes. So if you do want to whip through it in a week like I'm doing, it is possible. However, before I go into watching it, I will say that I've tried to watch the show before, and it was a very slow watch. Um, I feel like we're maybe convincing you to not watch it, but But we have a great episode. We have a great episode planned for next week. Yes. We have, I guess, a guest star or a, a, a character from the second season whose name is Sissy and she's played by Marin Ireland. She'll be here talking with us. Uh, you may know Marin Ireland from a TV show that I love called uh, The Slap. God! <laughs> which, which I, I believe that slap. I, I believe that I mentioned The Slap multiple times on this podcast and I'm sure that none of you have watched it. Um, however, Marin is from The Slap. She's from Homeland. She's from, oh, you know what? The Irishman. (laughs) And David also reminded me that people may know her from Sneaky Pete. But she'll be here next week talking about her character in season two of The Umbrella Academy. And if you have already seen it and you have questions for her that you would like us to ask, please let us know. But anyway. Yeah. Otherwise, we have some... (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> this episode's gonna be an hour of just us laughing. <laughs> oh, also, people may know her from the miseducation of Cameron Post. Oh yeah, well we'll talk about that too. So if you have questions yeah. about that, let us know. But anyway, we'll have Marina on next week. Let us know if you have questions for her. Until then, enjoy the Umbrella Academy. And we will did I say Academy or Academy? Academy. Okay, well. Enjoy the Umbrella Academy and <laughs> We'll see you next week. Oh, (laughs) bye, everyone. Bye.